You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I am your host who has returned, Shelby Shear. I'm here with Jason. Shelby lost $40,000 in Las Vegas. <laughs> I did not. We're going to have to do a lot of extra podcasts now. All the podcasts, four or five a week. A day. A day. Millions. But we're finally back and we're ready to do the long-awaited Arizona football podcast. It's fine because we put any remaining money we have left on Arizona winning the Rolls Bowl and the Basketball National Championship. So we should be good. We should be getting quite a return on that bet. Very excited. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Anyway, that's far in the future. We're here right now. We're here to get these questions knocked out. We have compiled everything for everyone. And we're just going to start with AZ Bear Down, who asked us, can you review the running back room? And where do you think things shake out, Jason? Yeah, it's a heck of a room. And, you know, I, if I had a clear answer for that, I would give it to you. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. A lot of times when you're saying, oh, there's no clear answer, it's because a lot of times the guys all suck. <laughs> but um, that is the opposite uh, in this case. I mean, there's just a, a lot of talent in that room with Michael Wiley, Jalen John, Stevie Rocker. Um, now you're adding Jonah Coleman. You got Ray Sean Luke in there. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot of talent. My guess is it's very similar um, to what we saw last year, in that they kind of just go with the hot hand. I don't think Ray Sean Luke is going to be kind of a, a straight up running back. I do think we're going to see him at running back primarily. But um, I've said this before, and Arizona has said this internally. They're going to use him a lot like UCLA's Demetric Felton, where he'll get eight carries a game. Then it'll be split out wide. You'll give him some end around. So before you know it, he has 15 touches, but it's not necessarily 15 traditional carries. Um, from there, I think it's just going to be a wide open competition where they kind of ride the hot hand. And the big thing is how do these freshmen, how do the guys like Jalen John, Stevie Rocker, um, how do they kind of take the step forward? Because a lot of times in strength wise, especially understanding of the offense, you take a big step forward. And then Jonah Coleman is a guy that I love. I think he's underrated as heck. Um, he's impressed the coaches early on, has really um, got them comfortable with the team. And so um, that is one position group where uh, I'm not worried about it at all. I think that there's a lot of talent. And I think when you have that much talent in one specific position group, that'll kind of shake itself out. But at the end of the day, they're going to give it to their best players, the guys that can make plays. And I just think a guy like Rayshon Luke, um, while he may not be the number one back, um, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day, he's the back that gets the most touches, uh, if that makes sense. It does. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, <laughs> jinxy jinx. jinx. Moving on to the next question. It is from UA Portland Timbers. Which non-early enrollee freshman could make an immediate impact? And how do you see the LB room shaping up? That's two questions, Shelby. It's two questions. We'll allow it. All right. So first one, which non-early enrollee freshman? There's two uh, that come to mind that that I like. I mean, there's more that I like, but there's two guys that I think. Um, let's kind of go on the like the surprise type of deal. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Ray Sean Luke. That's kind of a gimme. Um, I don't want to mention him again. I obviously think he's going to be uh, really good. 
Um, so there's two guys. There's Tai Tai Uigalele. Say that ten times Free fast. Game. Um, was really good in the Polynesian Bowl. Probably needs to put on a little bit more weight, but his motor is fantastic. And at defensive end, he's at a position um, where they're going to need some help. So I think he has the ability uh, to come in and, and contribute early. Um, he's a guy that I feel was kind of under-recruited for whatever reason, but um, Arizona was able to steal him from Washington State uh, late in the process. There's Tyler Martin, obviously the first guy when Johnny Nansen was hired that he went to go meet was Tyler Martin, a 6'3", 240-pound linebacker, physically probably the most ready of the bunch, and another guy that, that is at a, uh, a position of need. And I think when you look at guys that could contribute early, you kind of have to look at a, at a position of need and physically where are they. Um, Isaiah Ward is a guy that is a freak athlete, and I think anytime you have his athleticism, um, you got to kind of look at the possibility to contribute early on in the process. Maybe he's not going to get a ton of reps, uh, but he's a guy where, you know, when you're an athletic freak like he is, like if you watch him, Google highlights while him playing basketball and he's dunking on everyone. Those are the type of players you want on your defense. And so, you know, maybe they don't come in and they're spectacular right away, but I think those guys are, are kind of hard to, to keep off the field. Uh, the linebacker room is super interesting to me because of the loss of an Anthony Pandy who led the group. Uh, Rashi Hodge and Jerry Roberts come back. Jerry Roberts, you have to see how he recovers from the injury. You got to assume if he's healthy, those two guys are kind of locks to get major playing time. Malik Reed was on the roster last season, didn't play as much as we originally thought, um, but obviously very talented. Then you have a guy like Martin, like I mentioned, Hunter Eccles is a guy, you know, how does Arizona use the, the USC transfer? Is he a true linebacker? Do they put him on the edge, mix it up, etc. Isaiah Johnson is a guy that returned and um, the coaches like. Maybe he's not a starter type, but he's kind of a, a guy that can get reps. So they feel good about the position overall. Um, there's definitely some, some questions about it. Hodge and Roberts are probably the guys that you feel the best about. Um, Eccles, obviously the coaching staff likes him, but um, he was inconsistent at USC. And so from there, you like to see someone emerge. Um, it's going to be a faster group. I think it's going to be a more aggressive group. But um, in terms of overall depth, it, it definitely is uh, interesting to see. But if I had to pick two guys I feel good about, it would be Hodge and Roberts. And then from there, um, you know, you can't hide the fact that there probably are uh, some questions there. It's good to have depth there, though. Yeah, I mean, I think overall Arizona will be fine at linebacker. It's just so early, and without spring football, I think like spring football we'll know a lot more. But without spring football, like we don't know how a guy like Malik Reed, like I mentioned, made that jump. How Unker, Unker, Hunter Eccles, <laughs> jeez, Hunter Eccles fits in. Isaiah Johnson is he in better physical shape? He's got talent. He played at the times, and then the guys coming in, how they kind of incorporate themselves if they're not here in the spring. Um, you know, Anthony Solomon won't necessarily be a true linebacker, but he could play there sometimes, and they like him quite a bit with his speed and athleticism. So there's a lot of questions there, but my guess is Arizona feels internally there's also a lot of answers that maybe we as the public don't necessarily know yet. Great. Next question is from P. Merlihan. What are three early roster battles slash questions you'll be paying extra attention to between spring ball and week one? Well... Let's just go position battles. I kind of said in the first question, running back is going to be super interesting how they do that. Um, kind of broke down the first question, but there's a lot of bodies. Uh, one of the biggest ones to me is backup quarterback. And the reason I say backup quarterback is because I am under the complete impression that Jaden DeLaura is the starting quarterback. Yes. There's no way he's not. So from there, what do you do? Uh, you know, Noah Fafita, do you come in and give him second reps knowing that he's the quarterback of the future? Um, and maybe get him some real-time reps in games as well. 
Do you go Jordan McLeod? Do you go Will Plummer? Uh, if Will Plummer's the fourth quarterback on the roster, he's probably, you know, you got to think there's a chance he transfers. Same with Gunnar Cruz, who won't be there in the spring. So, um, you know, in between spring ball and week one, it's going to be very different because the spring ball started today. Uh, Jordan McLeod probably wouldn't practice, and either would Gunnar Cruz. It would be three guys. So that's another thing that we have to see is who's healthy for spring ball. But um, that's very important. I think that's, you know, usually the backup quarterback is the most popular guy on the team. I don't think that's going to be the case this year because I like Jaden DeLauer that much. But it's not an easy decision. They got to be careful because, um, you know, they could lose depth very fast. If Will Plummer's third, does he transfer? If he's fourth, does he transfer? Does Gunnar Cruz transfer? I don't think Gunnar Cruz would be a big loss. But, you know, we saw how the quarterback situation played. Arizona's one injury away from having a dude at quarterback who can't play. Uh, the other one is clear offensive line with Donovan Lye not playing football anymore, Josh McCauley on his way, etc. Um, that whole thing is very up in the air. Where do they play? Josh Baker, for instance, is he center? Does he move around? Jonas Abanea, uh, my favorite player ever. <laughs> where, where does he play? Is he good enough to start? Davis Duvall is another guy. So there's a lot of movement on that offensive line, where the depth comes from, etc. How much do they shake it up? How much do they use guys that played? Last year, it's not easy for an incoming freshman uh, to play well. You know, are they relying more on incoming newer freshmen? Um, so to me, those are the three position battles. The most important one out of those bunch is probably the offensive line because those are going to get the most playing time because, again, um, you know, I just think Jaden Delores is the, the clear guy at quarterback. Wow. Thank you for that. Our next question is from Brimhalla. Did we miss on some of the transfer offensive line men we were targeting, or were we not pursuing any very seriously? Yeah, uh, yes and no. So I, I do. Th Arizona missed on a couple guys, but it also didn't, if that makes sense. And the way it was explained to me, and I posted this on the board, is uh, you know, it, offensive linemen were over recruited. There's positions in the portal that are over-recruited. So like Steen over at Vanderbilt, over-recruited, wanted to play with his brother. Arizona never really had a chance. Um, you know, uh, Mason Brooks, Western Kentucky, you know, wound up going to a bigger school. And people got to realize that as well as Jed Fish did in the transfer portal, which was awesome, um, you know, these guys, a lot of times, especially with linemen, they want to play where they're going to win right away graduate transfers and when you're a lineman and you could go from western kentucky to florida or whatever it is a bigger school you're gonna do it and so did they lose a bunch of guys not really i know it felt like that to some but like brian green washington state everyone's like oh why isn't arizona all over him well arizona didn't want him they wanted a certain body type they got that in joe borham uh they like him a lot they like the freshmen they brought in and i think people have to remember that they feel a lot of the offensive line struggles from last year, and they didn't feel that the offensive line was elite. They're not going to sit there and argue that it was a great offensive line, but they feel that a big problem was the quarterbacks, hanging on to the ball, not making the right read. You can only block for so long. And so they feel that by bringing in DeLara, by making sure there's stability at quarterback, that offensive line is going to get better. You're going to see them be aggressive recruiting this class, but they also didn't want to add guys that at the end of the day um, you know, won't be able to play. So they add a guy like Buford who has to sit out a year, but they feel that in two years, he's going to be ready to play. So they take him instead of a guy that's immediately eligible that may not be as good just because they happen to need another body. So basically, and they, they could be wrong. We'll find out. But they feel better about their offensive line than I think a lot of, you know, average casual viewers feel. All right. 
Our next question comes from Blue Dow 10. Will the Cats be better on defense this coming year than last year? And if so, why? Good question. Uh, I don't know. Thank you. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I, I think it'd be irresponsible to me. I mean, it's it's a complete guess. We still don't have a full grasp on what Johnny Nansen is running, which I know is a question we'll get to later. But um, we don't have a full grasp. We don't know a lot of the answers to the questions. We don't know if Hunter Eccles is going to make the, that jump. We don't know if these transfers from other schools are going to play better at the school's like an Anthony Solomon who didn't play well at Michigan, but was really damn good coming out of high school. Um, same with Hunter Eccles, didn't play a lot at USC, uh, but was really damn good coming out of high school. Like, how are these guys going to do? Is Tyler Martin going to be able to play, you know, as a true freshman? Uh, Tillawi Savea, who's awesome, love him. I think he's a starter from day one. Um, how good is he? You know, DJ Warnell, great kid. How good is he at that safety nickel position? Um, I think he's going to be good. But that's a big question is how good, right? Like if they come in and they're awesome, then the defense is going to be better. Um, I, I do think that while I love Don Brown, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the defense is going to be different. We'll get to that. You, just, just ask me the next question. Next question right now. Arizona AZ Fanatic, can you dive into the new defense? And what is it going to look like? Compare, contrast. With the Don Brown scheme. Yeah, so might as well just get that and combine them. So I, I think that, like, I don't want to diss Don Brown, but I think that one thing that people saw is that he was very stubborn. It was, we're going to do our defense and... There was no, no compromising. Right, like, if it's either going to work or it's not. Um, and you saw, like, for instance, the safeties get burned over and over again. All the time. And it's like, why aren't we adjusting? And there were certain times where players were kind of, you know, left on an island that maybe shouldn't have been left on an island. I think you'll see more adjustments in that area. I think you'll see a little more zone coverage mixed in. Um, the best, you know, description I have is that they are going to run it like the Seahawks run their defense. They're going to mix up zone blitzes, man-to-man, -man and, and stuff. It's going to be more multidimensional than Don Brown's defense is. They do believe it'll be just as aggressive, um, you know, and, and but maybe that aggression is coming from elsewhere. So... You know, a lot of it is scheme. This is Nansen's first time on his own calling the defense. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, I, I do always feel that once players get older, um, they get better, generally speaking. Like, I expect Christian Roland Wallace to have a better season. Isaiah Rutherford to have a better season. Uh, the coaches are higher on Jackson Turner and Christian Young than maybe some other people are. I like Warnell. I love Sade. I think he's awesome. And so there's going to be questions, you know, if those guys take the jump. I think the potential is there to be better. Um, but I don't think it's a guarantee at all. And I think it's more up in the air um, than maybe people want. But that's what happens when you have coaching changes and, and personnel changes and things like that. You don't just replace a guy like Mo Diallo and Anthony Panny and say, okay, let's go do it. Maybe they do, um, but that, that kind of remains to be seen. All right. And the next question is from, is it AZ Jangle? AZ Jangle. AZ Jangle. Is there any returner not on the two deep last year that you see making noise this year? I cheated a little bit. Cheated. Uh, there's two guys that weren't on the two deep uh, because they couldn't play. <laughs> so, oh, bummer. Uh, Davis Duvall, who the coaches love. So that goes back to the offensive line question. Like, oh, why didn't Arizona recruit more offensive linemen, et cetera? Well, Davis Duvall didn't play, and they feel he's a guy that's a starter. And if he's not a starter, he's still going to get a ton of reps. So for them, he's basically a new recruit. That redshirted, right? So they like him quite a bit. Mayjean Wright, wide receiver, same type of deal. Uh, very good player. Figuring he contributes, if not start, uh, he's going to contribute in a big way 
from day one. They love him. In terms of the guys who did play last season, Malik Reed, a linebacker who we mentioned, the Wisconsin transfer, didn't play as much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With the linebacker movement that Arizona has, the fact that he was in uh, the system, you know, even though the system's changing a little bit, the fact that he was in the program for a year should help. And then Isaiah Taylor is a guy that started to see his playing time uh, go up. He's athletic, long, and he's a guy that they spoke highly of. Um, we'll see how much Johnny Nanton and company like uh, Malik Reed and Isaiah Taylor. But anytime you have a guy that starts to play more as the season ends, um, usually it's setting up for more playing time uh, the next season. All right. And next question comes from Aceman95. What is your over-under on wind tolls next year? I'm cheating again. I think four to six. I think that's reasonable. I think four to six is a. I think a people should growth. be ecstatic. I think six, it's a good growth. Six pattern. is a bowl game, which would be wild, but um, more than this year, so more than one, mm-hmm. less than like seven. Mm. I don't see Arizona going seven and five. I think that's pretty crazy. But I think that we all should feel better about the out of conference schedule than we did months ago. Like I don't see why San Diego State isn't a stealable game. Um, I don't see why Mississippi State isn't a, you know, a scalable. There, there's games that should be more winnable than maybe they were a few months ago. Um, so, you know, it's it's hard to say, oh, this one-win team is going to go to six wins. I think that's really difficult. Could it go to four wins? I don't see why not. So if I was in Vegas, I'd probably three and a half over oh. under. That's pretty good. And I'd go over. I like it. Boom, bang, boom. Five's my favorite number, so I'm going to say five. Okay, that's how I that's how I judge things. That's how we roll. <laughs> okay, uh, Bear Down Zona Zona is asking, "What's your favorite walk-on commit?" Isn't, wait, wait, isn't it who? Shouldn't be who is your favorite? Walk-on? Whom? Whom is where? Who? What is your favorite? What is that movie? Walk-on? Hot Rod. Great. Hot movie. Rod. Have you seen Hot Rod when he does what, what way? Which way? Whiskey. Great movie. Anyway, okay. and also Biggie does the who? Yes. Yes. Well, actually. Okay. It's the new day. All right. We Every- digress. Back to Bear Downs on Arizona. All right. Two What's sides your, of the ball. Who's your favorite walk-on what, commit? Two sides of the ball. Wide receiver Jake George should have a scholarship somewhere, and everyone it should be happy that he doesn't have a scholarship. He was one of the best receivers in the state of uh, California. Like, legitimate, good wide receiver. Uh, no idea uh, from Lucerna. No idea, you know, at 6'3", 190, had an offer from New Mexico. I have zero idea why he didn't have uh, more offers, but uh, it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, Arizona should be happy that he didn't have more offers. And it's a deep room, so, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to uh, he's gonna play, you know, right away. It, it, it's a thing where, you know, like I mentioned, like it's, it, it's not going to be easy, but you take a look at George's numbers – Last season, 78 receptions for 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. He's the school's all-time leader with 2,462 uh, receiving yards, right? His, uh, is, he's got a hell of a story. So 
people are going to write about it. I'm probably going to write about it. But his late aunt and cousin were on the helicopter uh, with Kobe and all them. Aww. So, like, he's, he's, uh, he, he has a, a heck of a story. He's a really good kid. Um, he's going to do very, very well on MHW Cry, I think. Uh, the other guy is Jacob Rich Kungaika. Um, it is stupid that he doesn't have an offer from another school. Uh, he was the guy that early on in the process was offered or re- recruited by a lot of Pac-12 schools, got hurt, COVID, all that, um, and they dropped him, which was just dumb. He could have gone to maybe like a San Jose State of the world, but Arizona got him, and I'm telling you right now, he will be put on scholarship after his first year. Arizona is of the belief that he is going to walk on and play right away. Uh, is he going to start? No, but he's going to play right away. He's a big boy from modern day, great school, Polynesian, really good. Like, I have no idea why uh, he's walking on. And I know that leads us to the next question, Shelby. I'd love to read it. It's from Andre Veras, 28. I am curious as to the thought process behind having a recruit be a preferred walk-on. With this latest commit, Kangaika, you mentioned he should play right away and make an impact. So why not offer him in a scholarship? Because if you don't need to, you don't need to. And if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> wow. Arizona <laughs> need to. It's really that simple. They got him to walk on. My guess is they said, hey, if you play well and you're a good kid, we're going to give you a scholarship after a year. You can come walk in at Arizona and do that. Or you can go to JC or whatever school, and that's your opportunity. And Arizona did a great job with a guy like Jay George and Kukaikux and, and a few other walk-ons that had the opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, Buford, Borhan, like these are walk-ons. They could have gone elsewhere. But basically, Arizona says, be patient and wait a year, and that's your opportunity. And if he chose to go to scholarship, well, now you got numbers. Um, it's, it's a pick-and-choose situation. So you say, look, do we want to give a scholarship to a guy like Savea or Hunter Eccles? And they say, yeah, you know, those are experienced guys, play right away. And Gaika maybe doesn't play right away, but has a bright future that's going to take a little bit longer. So you say, okay, we're going to hold off, but we want him to walk on. We love him. And so you kind of have to make that decision. It's not an easy decision, but it's a win-win-win situation when you can get him to walk on. And had he said, I really want a scholarship, maybe Arizona finds a way. I don't think they did because early in the process. Um, but that's kind of the way it works out. And if you don't have to give a kid a scholarship, uh, you don't. Give a kid a scholarship. It's real, really that simple. And those are conversations and very open conversations that the school and the kid have. Um, next question is also from Andre Veras 28 and it's for Shelby. It's for me. What is your favorite local restaurant for date night and your favorite restaurant for family dinner slash lunch? You yeah. cannot choose my cooking. Okay, I won't. Thank you for that great question. And really quick, just so anyone's wondering why... Am I being asked that question in the football podcast? I am a certified tourism ambassador for the city of Tucson. But more than that, we eat out a lot. <laughs> so um, if I have to say my favorite local restaurant for date night, I it's really hard for me to ever have one thing. I always have like a top five of everything. We enjoy Pizza Luna on the east side of Tucson quite a bit. because It's very far from us now. It's we don't so far from much. us, but we will splurge. Um, just to get to that side of town, um, it is the closest pizza that we've had in Tucson that is approximate to pizza in Italy, and they they have a wonderful charcuterie board. Um, I think that Ginza Sushi um, in the Catalina Foothills area is probably the best sushi in town. 
It is. That is far. our favorite place to have sushi. So those are two that are, are kind of far from us. I guess more on the northwest side of town. Um, I'm not super fancy. Sometimes I just like Frankie's. McDonald's. No. no, no. <laughs> and I like Ikkyu. Ikkyu is a great Japanese restaurant on, uh, on the northwest side of town. So those are some of my favorites. Um, those can be debated by other people. I'm no, just can't. giving you our, be our preference. And then our favorite restaurant for family dinner or lunch. Uh, we really love Grumpy's Grill. That's a great family restaurant. Very kid-friendly. It's easy to eat there with our kids. If your children are kind of like picky eaters, they've got like American fare. If it was up to Riel, it would be Chick-fil-A six days a week. That's true. But we're not, you know. But we also, going back to Ikkyu, our kids like Ikkyu as well. Getting a bento box. We've known those owners since. The owners have known me since I was a child. Well, so that's how many years, child? That's... That was five years ago. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> Um, Oregano's <laughs> is always good. Um, yeah. You know, what's the, the kebab place up in Oro Valley we like to? Just kebabs? That's yeah, good. that's pretty good. And then sometimes we'll just get food from Dickman's Meat and we'll come home and grill. Ugly and steaks. Ugly steaks from Dickman's and the twice-baked cheddar potatoes are my favorite thing on earth. Anyway, I hope you answer, I answered your question, not taking up too much time. Obviously, I could talk about it. A lot. I like shouting out people we know and like. So Lin Nam Chinese Food. Lin Nam. Their owner, because it's right by our house, is a really good dude. He's awesome. So there you go. Lin Nam Chinese <sighs> Food. We just named every restaurant in Tucson, and no. now I'm hungry. <laughs> Nothing beats a good 1 a.m. Taco Bell, though, in my opinion. Sometimes Jason doesn't eat on game days, even though I remind him to. And then he'll bring home Taco Bell and he'll, as like a peace offering to me because he knows I'm pissed that he didn't eat. So if you see him at a game, ask him what he ate today. Because usually it's nothing. I don't need on game days. So I'm focused. Anyway. Okay, last question. Irish Mike 520 why does fish have more money than the last staffs, and will it be a sustainable thing, I guess? Because he's sober. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Oh, my God. He's anyway, not drinking it down the drain. Uh, I have never been around a coach on this campus that – is able to sell his message better to alumni and recruits, obviously, as you can see it, yeah. than Jed Fish. He's a great communicator. Um, I'm not saying he's the best coach, whatever. You know, I don't know. That remains to be seen. He's better than the last one. Uh, but what I'm saying is to come off a 1-11 season and raise the money that he has is remarkable. Like, he is raising all this money on... Like, I've heard stories of him calling all the big boosters on his phone on his own time with no internal help and being like, I need this money for this upgrade. We need this. The NIL deal is a lot of it is him just getting on the phone and being like, if you want us to compete, this is what we need to do. And, you know, credit Robbins and Hiki. Um, don't quote me on I'm that. I'm sorry, what did you just say? Because they've been able to kind of make the money for the staff. It's not a lot more. you got to remember that Jed's also making less then... than someone did and Rich Rod at the end of it. So it's not like it's a crazy more amount of money. And also it's money spent better. Yeah, it's well spent money. Like he's like, he's investing. like Matt Doherty adding two guys to the recruiting department isn't just BS. Like it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to take this money and we're going to add and expand our recruiting department. And at that point, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, like, that works. Like, how are you going to say no as opposed to, you know, whatever. And so they spend their money very well, very creatively. 
And uh, the most important thing there is that Jedfish's message and his plan for this university um, remains to be seen if it works. But it is very clear and very, very compelling. And like we call him on the message boards, he is the world off-season champion. There is no one better. Get him in a room selling you on what um, Arizona, you know, has and, and what kind of future would be if you came to Arizona and why that money is needed, etc. Um, he is very, very convincing. I think Jed Fish is a fan of Simon Senek. If anybody knows leading with the why, he's a motivational leadership guy. And basically, Jed Fish is a vision guy and he took his whole playbook from Simon Senek. So props to Jed Fish. Uh, vision matters, and he can get everyone on board when, with his vision. When you met me, I believe you called me a vision. No. In your exact words. Really? Nope. I think you had your appendix out right when we first met. There was like a whole thing. That was all fake to get you. <laughs> fake my you should ask Jason about that story someday, too, if you ever run into him. No. He won't answer. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I've had some moments in our relationship. Anyway. Anyway, hopefully we have answered the football questions. This might questions. be the longest podcast that we've done. Yeah, record. But, but I was I missed the last one, and I heard was, I heard anyway, I was missed. It was like 1 a.m. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you the girls, were so tired. Brielle sucked the life out of me. I just got a tattoo. It was just brutal. We've anyway, had a rough 48 hours. Um, with that being said, we're going to come right back to tomorrow. With a basketball preview, Oregon State. I'm just going to tell you right now that the preview is going to be like, Oregon State sucks. The end. Thanks for joining us. I think they lost. You to, always say that. Shelby, they lost to Colorado by 30 tonight. They did. Um, Arizona's better. Um, and then what we're going to do is probably starting next week, um, maybe every night, even if it's like 10 minutes or something, or every other night probably, um, we're going to break down bracket, what happened, kind of college basketball. Nothing crazy, little brief podcast things, but... It's my favorite time of the year, man. Podcastlets. It's my favorite time of the year. Jason loves this time of year. All I, watch, I hear about is brackets. I watch so much college basketball. I have a, I know, I got a buddy that's a coach at another school, and I'll literally send him, a, I told him I'm going to send you a bracket every single day, and he told me to leave him alone, but I refuse. And I picked the worst ones. So I was like, oh man, you guys are screwed if this is your seating. Hmm. So, we'll see. I'm a little depressed because Wyoming lost, but um, Tennessee beat Kentucky by 100 today, so... You know. It was a pretty good day. Yeah. Well, and I will definitely be reading better next podcast. Sorry if there was any stumbling. I did have an <laughs> eye injury. Sorry, I'm laughing. And I, my eyes are tired. No, no, no. Tell me what happened. Shelby put in a, no. long story short, Shelby I put on a contact. She dropped a contact in Vegas. And I the, scratched my eye. She scratched her eye. Putting the contact. It was a whole thing. And so She has like an ulcer on her eyeball. Yeah, it's, her eye's a disaster. I'm so glad you're telling everyone. I was going to be a little more... Her eye could fall out at any second, but she said to me, Jason, my eye could fall out at any second. I want the last thing that I do to be a podcast. The football podcast. So there you go. I did it just for all of you, and I'm fine. My one-eyed I'm wife. I'm healing, and Jason has been amazing, <laughs> especially because yesterday was Valentine's Day, and he did I offered my a own great eye. job. I literally offered my eyeball. <laughs> anyway, anyway, on that thank note, you all for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Bear down. Bear down. Thank you. Shelby has been watching Olympics, and I turn on ice hockey. Do you know why, Shelby? USA. And it's a man's sport, and that's where we're going to follow it up with ice skating, because it's pretty. Yay. Be 
baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.